Welcome to The Well, a podcast all about living wisely and faithfully as a follower of Christ. The goal? To give you guidance, food for thought, and to encourage you as you engage the people and situations that you encounter daily. Now, here's your host, Sean Barkley. Greetings and welcome to The Well. I hope that uh, wherever you are, you're having a terrific day. And I also hope and pray that 20 minutes from now, you will be glad that you opened God's Word and spent some time reflecting on who He is and who it is He is calling you to be. So thank you so much. Special day today at the well because I am sitting here in my home with my wife, Amy Jo Barkley. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm nervous. She's nervous. (laughs) But good. Good. Well, Bibles are open and we're ready to go. So, you know, we're going through a really crazy time, and Amy Jo and I have talked about this a lot. You know, it almost feels like we've been on a four-month sabbatical, and I think a lot of us are feeling like we're kind of in between. We're in between our old life and our new life. We're not sure what the new life is going to look like. We don't think it's going to look like the old life, and we're feeling like um, we're just kind of waiting around to see. And what I want to talk about with you today, and Amy Jo is going to share some of her thoughts as well, is what it is God is calling us to do in this in-between time. Because we know that we're not quite there yet, but we know that we're not going back. And as I was processing that this week, Matthew chapter 25 came to my mind. And here's why. Those of you who are familiar with uh, the New Testament, you probably remember that toward the end of Jesus's ministry, as he was about to be crucified, he basically pulled his disciples aside and said, hey, listen, I'm going, to be, I'm going to be leaving you, and there's some things I want you to think about. And he gave them this incredible teaching about sheep and goats. He said, I'm going to come back someday in my glory. So think about this. When he comes back, it's not going to be like that first incarnation where he's born in you know this kind of relative anonymity in a small place, Bethlehem. He's going to come back in his glory. He says, when I come back in my glory, I'm going to separate the sheep from the goats, and that's found in Matthew 25. And then around that teaching, he gives three parables. And of course, none of us want to be a goat. We all want to be the sheep, right? (laughs) Because goats are smelly. And sheep are nice and soft. Sheep are nice and soft, that's right. Can you, um, Amy Jo, do you know how you can tell the difference between a sheep and a goat? I don't. Well, their horns are different, their tails are different, their fur is different, and they have different attitudes. So a lot of they have some differences, but we don't want to be goats. I, I used to work at a church camp. This has nothing to do with anything, but I want to tell you. So I was working at a church camp, and I think I've shared with this with you before. And we had a, we had a goat at the church camp, and that goat smelled so bad that his odor had a sound. You could literally hear the smell emanating from him. So we don't want to be a goat because we know that the sheep are, in biblical language. Uh, God's people, they know the shepherd, the shepherd knows them, they recognize the shepherd's voice. We don't, we don't want to be the goat because in Jesus' analogy, the goats spend eternity separated from the good shepherd. And so as he was telling his disciples this, they were processing, okay, now what are we going to do in the in-between time before your return? And so Jesus gave them these three parables. I want to share them with you really quick. The first parable is like, is called the ten virgins of the ten young maidens. And so Jesus said there were these ten young women who were invited to a wedding. And, of course, in those days, weddings were huge feasts. They were fun. They're all ready for this. And they don't know exactly when the bridegroom's going to come back and get them and take them into the wedding hall. He just says, hey, you're just going to have to be ready. 
Five of them were ready. They had oil for their lamps. They were prepared. Whenever he came, they were going to be ready to leave with him. The other five procrastinated. They didn't really take seriously that he was coming back. They just sort of thought, well, I can kind of rely on other people. Maybe they'll give me some of their oil. And when he returned, they weren't ready. And basically, they were shut out of the wedding feast. And Jesus closed that first parable by saying, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming back. And so he was telling them to be watchful. And so in this in-between time, the first, I think the first thing that God would say to us is I want you to be prepared and to be watchful uh, to see what the opportunities are that I'm going to bring into your life for this next season, whatever it is. Again, remember, we're kind of in this in-between time, and he's saying there's going to come a time when there's a new season. Are you going to be ready for it? And so I'm looking at my wife, and she's looking at me like she doesn't know what I'm saying right now. <laughs> And she's processing this. Uh-huh. So anyway, Amy Jo, so when you think about being prepared and being watchful um, in your life, what does that look like for you? Mm. Well, unless I'm, until I'm in passages like this that are specific to the second coming, I, I'm not really thinking so much, I'll just be honest, about being watchful and prepared for that event. Mm. The second coming. Although I will say this, this is kind of a tangent, but early on during COVID, I had one of those moments where I was driving down the road and no one else was on the road and I didn't see anybody around. And I thought, oh my gosh, did I get left behind? <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of panicked. I was like, surely not. Well, um, and the funny thing there is, there is that possibility. I know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so the funny thing is, I shared that with a couple of people last mm-hmm. week and uh, one of the ladies I shared it with said, I had that same experience and thought. So I love it. I'm not totally crazy. Yeah. But, so watchful and prepared. And I'm not t- necessarily yeah. talking about the second coming of Jesus. I'm right. just saying, you know, in this season, yes. I think it's, yeah. it is great counsel from Jesus. Hey, listen, be ready, be watchful, yeah. be prepared. So, uh, yes. so what's that looking like for you right now? For me, it's just having my mind and my eyes open mm. to... God, you know, what's he doing in my life? What mm-hmm. does he want me to know? And that, so I, I do that personally, the way I do mm-hmm. it is I try to be in the word, mm-hmm. try to start my day in the word. And I just ask him, mm-hmm. what do you want me to see today? What, wh- what do you, where do you want me to focus? What do you want me to do today? And so that's how I watch right. and be prepared. It's kind of like, I think when you buy a new car, mm-hmm. let's say you buy a silver Forester. And then all of a sudden you're on the road and you see a silver, you see that car that you just bought all the time because mm-hmm. it's on your mind. So I think for me being watchful and prepared is just filling my mind with the word, um, engaging in prayer so that um, when some, when God's trying to tell me something, I can better see it. Yeah. Does that it, make sense? It that does. You know, it's almost, um, you can almost use that as the answer to any question. <laughs> be in the oh, word and be praying. And I yeah. think that's just what, I think, and, and I that's know that, what works for me. Yeah. I mean, I've um, seen it. I've seen it in your life. So what about you? Those of you who are listening to this podcast, what does it look like in your life? You're in this season right now, maybe something to ponder. What does it look like to say, God wants me to be prepared and watchful, um, to be ready? You know, because I think some of us, I might have said it a minute ago, are sort of saying, hey, I got a five month sabbatical from life here. And I just think that, that that's not what God's saying to us. Yeah. Um, and I think the fear 
I don't know if Jesus was afraid. I think his maybe his concern, he knew his disciples so well. I mean, he created them after all. But I think one of his concerns was, when I'm gone uh, and they know I'm coming back, I'm afraid they're just going to kind of huddle and wait. And I've got other things I want them to be doing. I want them to be watchful and ready, um, not just kind of fearfully kind of hiding out. And, and, and go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, well, go ahead. You go ahead, then I'll go. Okay. I'm going to move on. <laughs> oh, you are? Yes, I'm moving on. Can we can't I do this all day. Thing about watchful and prepared? Say it. Okay. So, yes, being in the Word. You're not going to disagree is... with me right now, are you? No. Okay. <laughs> I would write that down on a piece of paper and slip it over to you. All right. right. So, yes, being in the Word mm. could be the answer for quite a bit. But during this time specifically, um, I feel like he has removed so many things out of our lives so that if we're ever thinking about now's the time to do it, be in the word. Mm -hmm. Hello. Mm -hmm. I mean, we yeah. have the opportunity. We now. have the opportunity. We have the bandwidth. So I have been, <laughs> I guess I have been trying to beef up that time. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so then, so imagine this, Amy Joe. the disciples are like, okay, you want us to be watchful and ready. What does that look like exactly? And so Jesus Again, intuitively, knowing this is what's going through their minds, tells them another parable. It's the parable of the talents. You know this one, I'm sure. A wealthy landowner, a master, calls three servants and says, hey, I'm getting ready to leave town for a while. Don't know when I'm going to be back. While I'm gone, I want you to take care of my stuff. One of the servants he gives five talents to. A talent was a measurement of currency. It was like $15,000 in today's U.S. dollars. He says, I'm going to give you five talents. And then the other one, he says, I'm going to give you two talents. And the third, he says, I'm going to give you one talent. And so they have these talents, you know, and we can kind of uh, translate that to gifts and talents that we have. But in that case, again, it was money. And he says, okay, I'm gone. And the, t the servants have different things they can do with these talents. The one who has five, invest them, makes five more. So he's got ten. The one who is given two, invest those two, makes two more. He's got four. The one who was given one talent basically said, you know, I'm kind of afraid of this master. I don't think he's really a fair guy. He buried it in the ground. Master comes back, says, let me see what you've done with these talents. The one says, here are the ten. Well done, good and faithful servant. The other says, here are the four. I doubled the two. Well done, good and faithful servant. The other says, hey, I was kind of afraid, so I buried it in the ground. And here's what he says to that servant. You are wicked. I'm going to take these away from you. And give them to someone else, the one who invested the others. From him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And he cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, where there was weeping and gnashing of teeth. I mean, that sounds kind of extreme. Mm -hmm. So what, he, what he's saying, though, is again, in the in-between time, my disciples, I want you to invest the talents, we could say spiritual gifts, to translate that to our experience. I want you to invest that in my kingdom work. So, Amy Joe, coming back to you, when you think about, again, what God is doing in this crazy in-between time, what does it look like in your life to invest your God-given talents, your mm. gifts? Mm. Um, one of the things I think about is gratitude mm. and uh, just being grateful and recognizing that the gifts are not mine. Mm. It is a gift because honestly, this parable, I struggle with this parable because why? well, my, at first thought, I think mm -hmm. if I had a 
a stash of money, I, I would be that person. You know me. I would I would stash it under the mattress. I would not go invest. <laughs> if someone is listening to this thing about breaking into our house, there is no money under the mattress, I promise you. At least but I don't think I, there is. <laughs> I would take some money and think, yeah. oh, I need to preserve this. Right. I need to save it. Mm -hmm. So, But that's obvious. that's not what the, the parable is about. But, um, yeah, I, I would be... I, I would be, I have to, I have to make sure that I'm not uh, fearful in that way. But mm. um, with the investing of my talents, again, I just have to be grateful that it, that I have good things and the, mm. and recognize that the good things are from God. They're not right. my things. So my investing of the talent is using what, what is God's. Yeah. I love that because they were stewards of right. someone else's resources. They didn't, Right. But Jesus was very direct. He's like, I don't want you burying this stuff. Right. I have given you these talents to invest and, and mm -hmm. to multiply. Mm -hmm. um, and so the good stuff was his. It was his, and it he wasn't wants more ours of it. to hoard yeah. or think, oh, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe if I use this, I might lose it, or I won't be right. very good at investing, or whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, like it, again, in verse twenty-nine of Matthew twenty-five. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have in abundance. I mean, he's like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you see these people and you think, you know, um, it, it seems like God has given them so many opportunities for ministry and, and, and maybe I don't have those opportunities. The more we invest God's gifts, the more opportunities we're going to have. Mm -hmm. I firmly believe that. And sometimes that's scary. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Why is it scary? Because when you, when you do take that bold step mm -hmm. and you invest and you do something to God's glory and you're like, Oh wow, that was awesome! Then you think that was scary and awesome mm -hmm. at the same time. It worked out because it was all God. It was God from the get go. It wasn't me. And then you think, Oh my goodness, what's what's He going to have me do next? Right. Well, <laughs> let me show you. Oh, okay. So we have one more parable, and again, these are building on top of one another. Okay, well, I want you to watch and be prepared. I want you to invest my God given gifts or your God given gifts, and then the final, you can almost again hear Jesus processing. I need to be even more specific with these guys. And so he says, here's what it looks like. Those of you who are among the sheep, I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. You guys know this text from Matthew 25. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. And of course they say, well, when did we do this? And Jesus said, whenever you did it, to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did it to me. And in, in Matthew, when Jesus talks about the least of these, he's typically talking about his followers. Um, and he, of course, he refers to them as brothers and sisters. Two things I want you to see real quick before we go back to Amy Joe. One, notice that he personalizes um, those who are in need. and He almost takes on their, their life. Uh, he says, you know, when you have done it to them, you've done it to me. He makes it personal. I mean, remember when... Paul had his conversion experience on the road to Damascus. He was Saul at that point. And Jesus appeared to him and said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He wasn't persecuting Jesus in the flesh. He was persecuting his followers. And so Jesus is personalizing this. When you and I do these things to his people or for his people, we are doing it to him directly. And I think we can probably all think of examples if, we've, if we have children of someone doing something harmful to our child and it really hurts us, or someone blessing our child and it's a real blessing to us. And so in my mind, what he's saying is, hey, I want you to invest in ministry. That's, that's what this is. I mean, caring for the hungry and the thirsty and the stranger and those who need clothing and sick 
and need visiting. That's just Jesus' way of saying, I want you to be engaged in ministry. That's what investing your gifts looks like. So, Amy Jo, back to you. When you think about this in your life, uh, in this season that we're in, what does it look like for you to invest in in ministry mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the in-between time? Yeah. Um, that's I, I'm chewing on what you were saying because I hadn't thought about it the way that you just put the parable. Mm, but, okay. So I, I have been thinking, and I think a lot of, a lot of us do this, you know, is there some big thing God wants me to do? Is there right. some big ministry he wants me to have? And mm-hmm. I'm always think, wondering, um, you know, should, what should I be doing? Um, but I love in this parable, and I just thought of it, you know, just reading it, um, that the ministry are the, all the little small things. Yeah. Being watchful and prepared. And then using, you know, the gifts that he's giving us and all the little small things. Because in the parable, the, it's the sheep, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> the don't want to be a goat. Yeah. The sheep are like, when did we do these things? Oh, nice. So they, yeah. they're getting the rewards from Jesus. And they're like, when did we do all this stuff for you? And we get caught up in like, what should my ministry be? What should... I want to do something big for God. I see people all around doing big things for God and bringing people to Jesus. And I want to do that too. And it's really, it can be a matter of just every single day. Is there a little something I can do? You said that this recently in a sermon, you know, just mm. you want to call like 50 people, just call one. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I've really tried to, I'm not very good at it always, but well, I it starts at home. The little things. It starts at home. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So I don't, did that answer that question? It did, actually. Okay. I, I yeah. love that um, because they were doing ministry sort of unaware. Humble. They were just, yeah. Humility. Right. Humility. Yeah. Gratitude. And humility. so Jesus, in, at the end of the text, he, he draws this comparison. He says, all right, those of you who are the goats who are not doing this, you're going to go away into everlasting punishment. But the righteous, those of you who are doing this, into eternal life. Now, he's. He, please don't hear me saying that it's. We can work our way into eternal life and work our way into righteousness. Uh, what he's saying is, when we have Christ in our lives, this is the natural response. This flows. This ministry flows from that relationship. And so we're about done. We're about out of time. But again, just think about those three things as you chew on it this week in this crazy in-between time. What did Jesus say to people who are in an in-between time? He said, "I want you to be prepared and watchful." for opportunities. I want you to invest whatever God-given gifts you have. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to invest them in ministry. So there we go. Any last words, Amy Jo? Um, I, I guess one thought I had was not to get too caught up. Here's what I have to tell myself. Not to, do, to get too caught up like yeah. I want to come out of this period like I did something awesome mm. or even a hundred little things yeah. awesome. It A lot of this time for me personally has been God telling me just spend time with me, mm. and I don't know that that's a ministry, but I don't know. I just thought of that when you were saying yeah. this at the end. I, you know, I don't. I try not to beat myself up sometimes. Like I should be doing more. But, right. Well, um, I think that ministry flows out of our relationship with Him. Absolutely. It, does, it doesn't precede. That has it. to come first. Right. The, and so the relationship has to come first. Yep. Yeah. Well, good deal. Well, hey, will you do this again sometime? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I would love to hear some feedback from. Uh, those of you who are listening on uh, on our guest today. Anyhow, I hope you have a terrific week. I look forward to next time, and you take good care. Bye for now.